All right, we're going to get started. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, it's bright and early out here in uh, the, the West Coast, so I always love the 5 a.m. Uh, fireside chat, uh, California time. I'm well caffeinated. We're super excited to have Nelson Shea from Uber joining us. This is second year in a row that Uber has uh, attended our conference, and we really appreciate that. So, Nelson, just to kick things off, I thought we'd start with... Um, and no pressure, by the way, the, the stock price is at all time high in advance of this, this interview right here. So, you know, just to kind of level set things. Um, but let's start with the recent ATG news. So obviously you're deconsolidating some of those losses, but any, any other merits to why uh, you went with Aurora? And, you know, does this open Uber up to partnering with uh, other companies on autonomous? Just kind of walk us through the thought process on, on that transaction. Yeah, sure. So um, I guess I'll, what I would do is I would say, first of all, uh, this has been an incredible year, um, um, I think, for all of us. And so hopefully everybody at home is safe and healthy. Uh, and then the good news is it looks like there's some help in sight as, as vaccines start rolling out. Uh, obviously, an incredible year for our company as well. Uh, those that have followed us uh, in our public path. Uh, you know, we were confident about being profitable this year. Uh, the begin if you looked at our February year-to-date numbers, uh, we were doing quite well. Our rides business was really operating at a huge clip. Uh, and then COVID hit. And so we had started a year ago talking about capital allocation models with our investors. Uh, you'd seen some activity we had had. Uh, when COVID hit and our rides business was um, adversely impacted, uh, we as a team actually have spent a fair amount of time architecting a number of different things we want to look at across our business. Uh, and I think you've seen a lot of the actions we've taken. Uh, you saw in the second quarter how we took cost cuts and reduced our, our fixed costs by about a billion dollars on a run rate basis. You saw how we announced shutting down some unprofitable markets in which we were operating. Um, you saw that we took something like our jump business, which are our bikes and scooters, uh, and we sold them to Lime and have a, an ongoing interest um, we actually bought Postmates and we closed the deal probably faster uh, than anybody would have anticipated. And so we think that that was an important move as we think about consolidation and the, and the global chess match on food, which I'm sure you'll get to. Uh, and importantly, we also thought through the rest of the business. Um, we, we, made, we took money in and on our freight business and think we can get external funding to fund that growth business to get towards profitability. Uh, and this is all about how are we going to continue to build our business out. Um, over time, when I was on the road uh, 18 months ago taking Uber public, there are lots of questions about, hey, you have a really good rides business. What are all these other bets? Uh, 18 months later, and you're seeing the growth of food delivery now, um, it's pretty clear now that we have two very strong core businesses, our mobility business, which we believe will rebound as, as part of the COVID recovery and our delivery business, which is largely Uber Eats today, uh, where today we are the largest food delivery business outside of China. Um, us, as well as DoorDash, which had a great IPO uh, offering yesterday. Uh, you know, we both gained during this, during this time and we think we both have momentum. Uh, and so we think that as we sit today with these two core businesses, and then we had to make decisions on some other businesses, including uh, Autonomous. Um, our team has made really, really good progress over time. Uh, what they're trying to solve is extremely difficult. Um, as you think about building the computers to really think through all the things we as drivers 
just do innately. Uh, and, you know, as somebody who spent some time out there, and literally, if you looked in every single of these cars we were building, they're little mini data centers. And so if you thought through the capital and the investment to get towards uh, what they call level five, which is a car driving the way we would ride, drive it as a driver. Um, if you've heard our commentary over time, which was we did not want to build autonomous cars. That wasn't the ultimate end game. The ultimate end game is to make sure when autonomous cars come, they're on our network. We believe because of the amount of capital involved that, um, and we do believe that rideshare will be the best and first use case when cars are available, that we will be able to work with any autonomous provider to make sure they're on our car. As we thought about it, we wanted to make sure that we were involved in the process, and we think that this deal allows us to do it. Uh, Dara has known Chris Ernst for you know, a long period of time. Uh, we did talk to some other folks as well. Uh, it was a good pairing of the, of the great work that our team has, has done uh, with where Chris and his team are. Uh, it is something we've worked on for a little bit of time as we thought through uh, having an independent autonomous venture. And if you think through being a public company and going through these quarterly calls, if you think through and you look on uh, our P&L in terms of the four to $500 million a year of investment, and the hardest question I would get asked in these kinds of meetings, whether with the analysts or investors is, when is it going to get here? The real answer is I don't know. And I think anybody who's asked me that during an investor call has known that I just don't know. Um, I think that they have a very, very good plan. Um, I think as you heard Chris's commentary uh, when we announced the deal that they think that we have uh, a team that will be able to compete with the best out there in terms of the path for autonomous. Um, and so we're, we're very optimistic. We're very happy that we're doing this. Uh, as you know, Dar is going gonna, is gonna to join the board of Aurora. And so, you know, his time is valuable. And so we're vested in terms of the development of autonomous. We're just not going to do it um, on our, on our P&L. And so we think this is a, actually a great deal. I think it, it, this, and then you saw us announce the, the Elevate, we're, we're going to merge into Joby. Um, this is kind of the end of a lot of the big steps that we, were, we had planned for the year. Um, I think if you look at where the company started the year, if you look at the impact that COVID has had on the rides business globally, um, I, would, I think that we've, we're really confident about uh, how we're ending the year, how we're walking out of it. Um, yes, I think that you mentioned the stock price, so we're, we're pleased of where the stock price is. Uh, we did a, a convert in the marketplace earlier this week, which was incredible, right? So we have a $53 reference price and a, a conversion price of 80. Uh, and so it was, it was, was 7.9 times oversubscribed. So, you know, again, this is, you've heard people me say it, but I've, uh, in my two, almost two and a half years here, we definitely are feeling like the wind's a little bit behind us now. Uh, and we're looking forward to getting to 21. We're looking to get past COVID. Um, our teams are operating quite well, uh, both Mac and the, and the folks on the mobility side and particularly Pierre on the delivery side and team. And so we're, we're looking forward to the future. Uh, and then, you know, the ATG deal will continue. We're, we're a large investor in the deal. We'll continue to be involved in the process. Um, but we think it makes more sense for them to pursue autonomy independently. That's great. Yeah, that's a good summary. Um, so just jumping in on, on Pierre's business on the delivery side uh, with DoorDash going out yesterday and looking at their financials, finally, um, you know, they're growing about, you know, GMV 250%. If you strip out some of the deconsolidation you guys did, you know, you're at around 145 or so. Um, so I guess, you know, how can you close that gap? Uh, what about, you know, your Eats business? other than the obvious geography differences uh, explains that gap and 
you know, yeah. So look at that. First of all, I would say congratulations to Tony and Prabir and, and the team. Um, we know them pretty well. Um, there are a lot of uh, ex-Uber alums there. Uh, they've done a great job building a really good business. And so it was great to see uh, the public world uh, and the investor base um, applaud them. So we've, you know, and if you've listened to myself or Dara, anybody talk, it's been nothing, but they've done a really good job uh, executing the business. Uh, there are a couple of things they did that we think were advantaged and, and certainly advantaged as you think about COVID. So we were a little bit focused early on in terms of building our business off of our Uber uh, rides platform. So we were focused on logistics and efficiency and speed and tended to be in the bigger cities. Uh, they went after selection and they went into the suburbs. And as you know, a lot of people have lived the, the, left the cities like yourself, Ross. And so they, uh, you know, they probably are in, in Lake Tahoe where you are. Uh, and so they've obviously taken a little bit of that tailwind and you've seen that in terms of their growth. Uh, if you actually look in the U.S., uh, DoorDash uh, and Uber Eats have been the two growers in the U.S. Um, um, as, as what we think is we're very happy they've gone public. Um, we're happy that it's increased the attention, if you will, in terms of the public markets and all of our competitors. Uh, as you think through the global map, um, the three players that really play globally are us, Just Eats, uh, and Delivery Hero. And then you have Meituan in China and you have um, DoorDash in the U.S. And, you know, and we think over time, and you've heard us talk about it, that that will continue. We think there'll continue to be movement. There'll continue to be some consolidation. Uh, and, you know, we like our positioning um, based on what we're doing. And you've heard us during, during some of the calls. Specific to them, we think that they've obviously taken advantage as more people have moved to the suburbs. Um, they've taken advantage of the fact that I live in the suburbs and my wife and I would never order food delivery. And now people like us in the suburbs in New York are doing it. Um, our sense, we believe over time, the long-term tailwinds for all of us is the fact that if Ross, you and I are opening a, a restaurant today, we wouldn't just think about the in-dining room space. We wouldn't just think about people picking up. We, you'd have to think about delivery to maximize it. And, you, and we might even think about where the location was to have outdoor dining. Uh, and so I think those things are gonna stay. I, think, I guess the real question for us and for them and the ones that, that people ask is, what happens after the vaccine hits? you know, how much, how, much, how much growth did you pull forward and what does that mean? And so we think fundamentally that people will, who try our service or theirs stay. And so, you know, we're very bullish long-term, um, you know, and so again, we have a lot of respect for what they've done. We're very confident in terms of our plan and what we're doing. And I think you've met Pierre and, and the team and they're doing a really good job now. Um, I'll let you comment on the stock. So I'm not, you know, that's, that's, that's what you do. Um, but as a company, as a competitor, we have a lot of respect for what they've done. And, you know, we, we, you know, we say well done in terms of, you know, getting out. It, we, we, are, we do welcome the fact that they will be public now. Uh, and I think that puts a little bit of transparency uh, on a lot of different things. Um, and as you think, see about a lot of these tech companies going public, we were differentiated in terms of um, the fact that our governance is a little different than many of them. You know, Airbnb is going, you know, DoorDash is going, and they still have founder control. Um, we'll see over time as, as they continue to evolve. They're now a big business and a leader in a very big category in the U.S. And that comes with different responsibilities. And so, you know, as they continue to build out from a corporate perspective, we welcome them and, uh, and we're glad they're actually public. And so I think that's great. Now that Postmates is closed, um, you know, and, and given where, you know, your stock, the, the rest of the food delivery stocks are, are trading, you know, it looks like you guys, you know, pick that one up on a, on a pretty nice bargain uh, compared to those multiples. So, and, and you put out the AK uh, showing that, 
December at least is about a you know eight to ten percent uh, bump in, in gross bookings to your eats business. So just how do we think about that in 2021? Is that about the right contribution to think about? And you know you've talked about 200 million in synergies. Um, you know I think Postmates cost structure is much much larger than that. So like what's kind of the plan now that now that we're we're closed in terms of integrating and 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 you know could the synergies be potentially greater than that? Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, so we are very pleased to get through the the regulatory process and and happy to welcome Postmates uh, you know, onto the Uber team. Uh, as you know, we'll continue to operate the app. Uh, as you know, Ross, particularly in some parts of the country like Los Angeles, uh, they're a beloved brand, uh, and so there's some things that Ashton and the team have done there uh, that we can learn from. And so I think it's important as you think through how you continue to navigate to just think that you can learn from others. And so they did, they did a very good job in terms of uh, their brand positioning in certain marketplaces. They did a good job in courier efficiency. Uh, we'll continue to learn from it, but we will use kind of our back end on the technology side. So when you talk about synergies, um, we're pretty confident we'll be able to um, achieve the synergies and likely overachieve. Um, you guys and investors have heard me before. I mean, I, I don't say things that we don't deliver against. And so we'll deliver against the synergies. Um, and so we're less concerned about that. We wanna make sure that uh, we are able to onboard uh, and integrate the business um, from an operational perspective. I think that's most important. Uh, and, you know, again, we think that over time, you know, there'll be two clear winners in, in most of these big markets because they're big markets, as you know. Uh, we think it'll be us and DoorDash in the US and just like it'll be us and somebody else in the other markets we're in as well. Uh, and so we're excited about the path forward of the Postmates. Uh, in terms of what people pay or don't pay, I mean, you know, over time, I think I think there's, there are points in time where people will make those assessments, but I think, you know, over time, you know, hopefully our, the, you know, our stock will continue to, to grow and it'll look like a really good move we made in terms of playing the, the broader chessboard. And hopefully we make, you know, we made good moves over time, so. And as we think about just 2021 and, and you know, you're, you're, all you guys are benefiting from COVID, it's going to kind of hit that tougher comp, you know, as we move through next year, as, as the reopening happens. And we just look at like level of competition. I think one thing we heard often on the DoorDash Roadshow uh, was, you know, what what is Uber and, and, and Postmates combined uh, going to do in 21? What's Just Eat and Grub combined going to do in 21? So do you guys view this as kind of like, all right, you've got Miami, you've got the Southwest United States, kind of make your business more efficient, or is it time to like, you know, go after other markets where, you know, DoorDash might have been, you know, well, sitting so, there alone? So look, I, I don't know what um, Tony and Prabir were, were saying on the roadshow, but um, I think both of us would agree that we're still early innings in terms of where we are in terms of having food delivered and, and broader commerce delivered. Um, I think we're very well situated uh, at Uber in terms of take advantage of this over time. Um, so I think the pie will continue to grow. Uh, do I think we will gain competitively? Yeah, I do. And, and so A, I, I think as some people move back into the cities, I assume you're gonna leave Tahoe at some point and come back to the, the real world. Um, you know, we're pretty big in the cities. Uh, and then additionally, we'll continue to edge out. And so I just think that you'll see more competition over time. Um, we have a lot of respect for both uh, those guys as well as the Grub folks. So we'll, we'll continue to compete well, um, but we're pretty confident in our ability to do so. Uh, the team is working quite well. Um, 
we feel really good going into next year. We had a lot of execution that happened in, in 2020. We think we did a really good job of it. And as we move into next year, um, we think we will. Uh, there are questions about what happens in the world recovery. So does it mean that we're going to be able to grow the 130 plus percent that you'd mentioned? Certainly that'll come down a little bit because you start going over comps. Um, but don't forget, our, we have a, a large rides business that has really been impacted by COVID. Uh, that is coming on. And so we, we know that. And so we, we actually like our positioning on both fronts. Uh, and then longer term, once, once things normalize, there are two big growing categories um, where we're leading or leader um, yeah, globally. And so again, we, we, we certainly like the way the company's positioned today. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, and, and one more before we go to rides. Uh, one thing that, you know, came up uh, in light of the S1 for DoorDash was they've had a lot of success with the subscription product. And you guys have talked about your subscription offering and how you can tie, you know, eats and rides and even the micro mobility together and, and, you know, do something that's really differentiated in the category. So, you know, where are we on that? Um, and, and, you know, what's the vision for your subscription offering? Well, so our eats pass and Uber pass, you know, collectively are live in about seven countries currently. Um, we have a lot of new launches uh, planned. Uh, in the U.S., paid members represent already, and again, as you know, like you said, I mean, there's something newer for us, represent 10 to 15% of our delivery MAPSIs and nearly 20% of delivery GB. So we've seen, you know, a lot of increase in our order frequency and double digit into the basket size of past members. Uh, we do believe over time we'll be able to leverage, um, you know, people who are either riders or eaters. Uh, over time. And so again, we are very optimistic about our path forward. Uh, and look at, I think, look at I, my kids, they subscribe to Netflix and Amazon Prime and this and that. And so when you turn on our smart TV, it's like, who's paying for all this stuff? And so my sense is that you'll see uh, people have passes on, on us and them, a, a lot of the eaters, uh, and then they'll leverage. Got it. Okay. So if we shift over to the mobility side, um, Lyft recently, you know, put out the November update. Volumes are down 50 for them. Uh, a little bit more of a West Coast skew for their business than yours. But I guess just where are we? Does that sound about right uh, in terms of where we're at today? And uh, as we look as we look forward into you know the quarters throughout 21, I know you're not going to talk about you know guidance here or anything, but you know, the business, when it was in the growth phase, would kind of compound at, you know, single digit, high single digit, quarter on quarter growth for a number of years. Um, you know, as, as this kind of reopening and vaccination process starts to happen, is that what, the kind of cadence we should think about, uh, you know, starting in like the months throughout 2Q and 3Q next year, any color there? Yeah, so look at I think we're going to get some some lift, um, if you will, LIFT uh, as we as the vaccine rolls out, and so we're hopeful that today the FDA passes it, for instance, in the U.S., so people can start getting the vaccine. I heard, in some cases, maybe even this weekend. Um, I think in terms of the guidance, I think that's largely correct. Uh, what we've seen around the world is, uh, in certain countries, in certain regions of the world, like in Asia, where things have come back and continue to continue to rebound. Places like Latin America that have had second waves, but you know that business continues to rebound. Um, and places like there's some places in Brazil where actually we're up year over year. Um, I think in Europe we were seeing good rebound, but with the second wave, you should you should have expected you know as more lockdowns hit in that obviously impacted us. 
And then the U.S. is a little bit of a tale of different coasts because the West Coast has really been slow to recover. Um, place like New York has actually done a little bit, has recovered a little quicker. Um, part of that is just a little bit of substitution, we think, with mass transit, as you think about how people are getting around. Um, but again, I think it continues to be slower. Uh, what it means for us is, um, you know, as you know, because we're, we're the global leader uh, in the 60 plus countries where, where we operate today. Um, we have good, diver good diversity of where we are. We also have, we actually have good signal so we can see what's going on. And so we're confident when they come back, we'll be able to grow uh, at the types of levels you talked about. Um, I think what it means for us is there might be some choppiness as you look at our numbers, because if the U.S. is a little slower to cover and other parts of the world are faster, it may impact things like our take rates and some, some like that because they're all different. You know, in the U.S. we have a higher take rate than in other, other parts of the world. Um, but short of that, I mean, we're, we're looking forward to, you know, the business coming back. Our sense of it is it'll take a little bit more time because even if vaccines are rolled out during the first quarter, uh, you know, it's not clear when people are going back to work, right? And so I think that at least through the first two quarters, it'll be somewhat muted. And so what we've seen today is that even in, in places where we're getting more recovery, um, the definition of, of commute has changed. So in the past, it might have been a two-hour window in the morning. Uh, you're seeing rides spread out across the course of the day. Uh, and then obviously the big question that people ask is what about airport travel, which I think, you, you know, Ross, is about 15% of our gross bookings pre-COVID. Um, I think that'll take a little bit more time. Um, I think there's more leisure travel that will probably come back first. I think business travel will take a little bit more time. And it's just like, if, I, if you and I wanted to meet today, neither one of us could host the other in their office. And so I think it's gonna be a little bit of time before we start seeing that. And then the real question over time is, how much has COVID changed longer term work trends? Uh, and what I mean by that is, are people gonna only go to the office four days a week versus five? Or are people going to, you know, not do that extra meeting or not fly out for the one meeting? You know, we'll see over time. Um, but again, we're, we're, we think we're pretty well positioned to capture the COVID recovery. Got it. Okay. Um, just wanted to bounce around a little bit and hit on uh, Prop 22 and, mm -hmm. and cost. You guys have said, like, you know, modest flow through, you know, you're going to pass on 5% price increases wherever appropriate. And I think, you know, we, we've looked at, driver earnings across a lot of different states and cities. And, you know, you're, you're already pretty well above um, minimum wage thresholds in a lot of these places. But I guess how, if you did look at Prop 22 impact just for California, how do you, how do you assess the rideshare business versus, you know, the mobility versus delivery? Um, you know, DoorDash pointed out in their S1 that, yeah, Prop 22 is going to be a pretty material uptick for them in terms of cost. And, and I guess, you know, that could be because of, you know, tip netting or other issues like that. But how do you see the, the impact on, on both sides of the fence for your business? Well, so first of all, I, I think more the most important point on Prop 22 is just the referendum on our work model. Uh, and as you know, uh, as leader um, for all of the other uh, gig companies that use uh, contractors, um, we've been out front about this, this third wave, uh, which is a... Uh, the independent contractor plus model. Uh, we do it in Europe today where we can provide some benefits and other things. Uh, yes, in, in our mobility business, you've heard us talk in the past about a roughly 5% increase. Um, on delivery, um, it could be a little bit more as a percentage. It, it just has to do with um, the way the math works out. Um, but we do think it is right uh, over time. And it's something that, you know, Dara has been out front, put an editorial out, I think in August. And so we've been out front doing it. 
Uh, importantly, it, it really gives us a platform um, to go work with others um, because as you know, the laws are state by state and there's no national law about, um, about being able to provide independent contractors benefits. And so we are hoping to continue to leverage this uh, more broadly in terms of making sure that there are earner protections out there because we think it's important uh, as you think about you know, our, all of our businesses and, and, and more importantly, the earners. Got it. Okay. I think we're out of time. So uh, we're going to stop there just to keep you on time with your, your various meetings that you've got today. Um, but again, Nelson, thanks a lot for attending. Uh, you know, you guys have done a great job and you've always been good to Barclays. So we'd love to have you back. And on behalf of my team and everybody at Barclays, just want to thank Uber for, uh, for coming this year. Thank you, everybody. Ross, thank you very much. Uh, stay safe. Hope you have a nice holiday season. Take care. See you. Bye.